yes, this is a hymn of celebration of that baby's birth, the Messiah that was promised. But these words also, in a very clear way, define your need and mine. And in defining our need, they define the mission of that baby in the manger. And if they define our need and they define his mission, then here I'm about to say these words not only announce a birth, they predict a death. Today on the Song Time broadcast, we're continuing our study here in the Gospel of Luke as we're looking at the true story of Christmas. And Paul David Tripp will point out our theme verse of what it means to have true peace on earth. But first, we'll continue our doctrine series as we're joined by Elise Fitzpatrick. We'll talk about how peace on earth is really a picture that is promised in the new heaven and new earth. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. Child of God, Jesus, take. 
At the beginning of the year, we gave you a challenge to grow in your understanding of doctrine and theology. In fact, we started the year by offering you a great book that would help you in that regard. And we're going to hear a little bit later, ironically enough, from Paul David Tripp uh, in the message continuing our series on the true meaning of Christmas. But Paul's book, Do You Believe?, dealt with 12 historic doctrines of the Christian faith. And we use that as sort of an outline to give us some guidance on all the different doctrines. We wanted to talk about one each month, and unfortunately we missed a few months just because of how difficult it is to get authors uh, and uh, scholars to actually want to do an interview, especially if their books were not most recently published. But we're going to continue that series today on a topic that I think you will be really encouraged by. As we wrap up this year and that whole series talking about doctrine and the Theology. Today, we're going to be joined by a scholar, Elise Fitzpatrick, who's written a book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. We're going to be delving into that subject, the subject of heaven. As we think about Christmas, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, it can be hard to ascertain what that peace really is without having a theology of heaven and the new earth. It's a real privilege to be joined by Elise, who in fact, her book is not newly published, but she's willing to join us again. We first talked to her about the book back in 2016, but she's with us now to discuss the doctrine of heaven and her book, Home, New Heaven, New Earth, Satisfying Our Deepest Longings. Elise, thank you for being a part of the many voices for that one message. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you again, Adam, and I'm happy to talk about um, where we're all going. Yeah. <laughs> so the book here is called Home, and the subtitle is here, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfies Our Deepest Longings. And over the course of this year, so you're familiar, we've kind of been breaking down various doctrines. They've all been leading to this point, which is the grand opus of the Bible, this hope that is promised all the way from uh, the Garden of Eden, and it is a part of the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, but for many people, there's this kind of misnomer about heaven. There's this kind of ideas that they've collected here, bits here, bits there. We need to basically have a biblical view of heaven because there's a lot we've got to weed through, isn't there? Oh, there really is. And I think that if you talk to um, just the general public or even Christians about what heaven's going to be like, they have an idea that maybe we're going to be floating on clouds and strumming harps with see-through fingers, or it's going to be a eternity-long church service. Mm. And so um, I just... I. I the topic is so marvelous and so exciting that I think it's really important for us to know the truth. Hmm. I think that's part of the reason why the idea of, of heaven in particular is is so abstract to us because it is so outside of the realm of our comprehension. We're trying to make it make sense within the realm of things that we already know. But we, we can tell that there is a lot of metaphor when the Bible is describing heaven because it's above our comprehension, isn't it? 
It really is. And so I think that when we talk about what our life in eternity is going to be like, that's one of those places where we can use our sanctified imagination. Mm-hmm. So we take what the Bible tells us, and then we imagine from there, knowing that we're probably going to be uh, way underestimating how great it's going to be. Mm. This, the idea of heaven, obviously, is the, the message that we share with everyone that we want to be saved. We want them to go to heaven when they die, but yet it's not simply a tagline to the gospel, is it? No, it's not at all. And if, in fact, the way that people are thinking about heaven is that you go and float on a cloud, you know, that's not going to motivate me to do anything, frankly. So what I want to do is talk about how really wonderful the new heavens and the new earth are going to be and our life in eternity. Hmm. This idea of heaven, how has it been kind of misplaced or misconstrued in, throughout the history? I mean, we, heaven seems like such a pinnacle point in Christian theology. How does it get so off track? Well, yeah, I think that really comes out of Greek philosophy, mm. where uh, the Greek f- uh, philosophers would say that everything that's material and physical, like our bodies, this earth, that's evil, and what is good is what's spiritual. And so automatically then people think, well, if we're going to a place that's good, it's not going to be concrete at all. And what I want to say instead is that the body and the the earth is going to be far more concrete than this this what we see around us here is really a shadow of how really wonderful that place is going to be where we're going to end up we've been talking with elise fitzpatrick about her excellent book called home how heaven and the new earth satisfy our deepest longings. This is a part of our doctrine series, and it's an excellent book that will help you understand what our hope is in the promise that Christ will return and make all things new and make all things right. If you would like to find out more information about Elise Fitzpatrick and her book, as well as a new series she's putting together that will be coming out this next month that she's going to be doing live at her church, teaching on this very subject, you can do so by giving us a call, 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website, at songtime.com. And as we get closer to the end of the year, I want to encourage you and challenge you to help support the work of this ministry. We are 100% supported by our listeners. And as we get to the end of our year and we're looking at our finances, we really do need your prayers and your help. I know that everyone is scraping the bottom of the peanut butter jar, but I am myself personally. But when it comes to considering how to distribute your finances, consider the gifts of of resources that are encouraging you in your faith. Let's put priorities where we really need to see our own faith growing. And if we've been able to bless you, would you be a blessing to us in return? Looking forward to this new year where we can challenge you and help you grow in your understanding of the gospel and make you an effective witness to those around you. The Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God, and that means as well, we can apply that to the principle that we need to give to the work of the church, and we need to give to the ministries that are encouraging us in our faith. So if if that's song time, and I hope it is, I, I pray that you would give back to the ministry here so that we can continue together 
to proclaim the gospel throughout the airwaves. You can do so by writing to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or you can give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com, where you can make a safe and secure donation online. And of course, I thank you for your continued prayers and support for the work that we're doing. Well, today, as we are looking forward to our continued study here in the Gospel of Luke, we're talking about our theme verse, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This idea of peace makes sense, as we've been talking with Elise Fitzpatrick, as long as it is in the future, the new heaven and the new earth. That's something that motivates us and encourages us, looks forward to that day where Christ will rule and reign with his feet on earth once again. But that seems so far removed, and it doesn't give us a lot of reassurance of how we can have peace here and now, because that is what this verse is saying, that we should have peace even now. It's hard to imagine that we could have peace in a world that is falling apart, uh, but there is the very point of all the Christmas story is trying to teach us, that although the world is not the way that we see it should be, our hope doesn't come from Capitol Hill, but we lift our eyes to the hills from where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord. We as Christians ought to be foundation and rooted on the rock of Christ so that none of the circumstances that are happening in the world will shake us or cause us to stumble. This should be an encouragement that this peace that we're talking about here is actually a fruit of the Spirit. It's not something that comes from our circumstances. It's something that comes through Christ. And that is what the angels are declaring in Luke 2.14. It's what we're going to be studying this week in our continued study of the Gospel of Luke in this message from Paul David Tripp. It was by far the most important event ever, accompanied by the most important song ever that contained the most important announcement ever. I want to get you to think with me about this very, very familiar one-sentence hymn that is found in Luke 2, 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Lowell and I live at the edge of Chinatown, and so to get up to this part of uh, Center City during the cold, I always cut through Macy's, once Wanamaker's. Uh, I've seen the light show 722 times already this year. And as I was coursing through uh, Macy's, I heard playing in the background, glory to God in the highest, the, 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 those words uh, by music. And I thought, what a juxtaposition here. We're all racing, we're all pushing uh, one another to get the best view of the lights. How many people have any clue whatsoever what these words mean? I wonder if we do. There's something about familiarity that puts our brains and our hearts into sort of a mental, spiritual monotone. Uh, we quit 
thinking, we quit hearing, we quit questioning, we quit considering. And I am persuaded that these words, the deep, expansive content of the words of this little hymn are often misunderstood. Yes, this is a hymn of celebration of that baby's birth, the Messiah that was promised. But these words also, in a very clear way, define your need and mine. And in defining our need, they define the mission of that baby in the manger. And if they define our need, and they define his mission, then hear what I'm about to say. These words not only announce a birth, they predict a death. These words really do capture our need. Glory and peace are the two principal words of this little hymn. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. As we look at the song of the angels declaring to the shepherds on the field that that Christ had been born, this announcement comes with a great theology and doctrine that we all need to be reminded of, especially during this season of Christmas. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This idea of glory and peace, is, as Paul David Tripp is explaining it, is that they are tied together. They are locked together in the fact that you cannot truly have peace unless you are worshiping and giving your glory to the one thing that is worthy of your glory. In fact, this is what uh, we would call disordered loves, disordered affections, disordered worship. It is false worship and idolatry. And when you put your hope in things that cannot reward you with the, the hopes that you have for them, then your peace, your hope, all of that is crushed. Just imagine looking at a rock and saying, I want you to love me. I'll give you all of my heart, all of my soul. I'll come here every day. I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll bring you food. I'll bring you uh, gold and, and frankincense and myrrh. And then to find out that that rock never returns to us what we're putting into it. Because that rock can't provide you with the peace that you so long for. But when you worship God, when you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, what do you get in return? Love beyond measure. Peace that surpasses understanding. Hope in a world that is hopeless. When you put your desires and your affections and your worship to God, it is coming back 10 times fold. That is the beauty of the gospel, that when we love God correctly, when we put our priorities in their proper place and we love things in their proper order, then we can be richly blessed, just like Mary and just like Zechariah. I hope that this encourages you because it really is the foundation of our faith as believers, that when we put our true hopes and affections in this baby, this child who was born and grew up to be the man that would be 
save us from our sins, dying on the cross, rising from the dead, and now seated at the right hand of the throne of God and promising to return, as we talked with Elise Fitzpatrick earlier in the broadcast, to establish a new heaven and a new earth. When we understand who this Jesus is, then we can put our hope in something that is secure and something that will bring us peace on earth. If we've been able to encourage you, I hope that you will be an encouragement to us. This is our desire to proclaim this gospel every single day, but the only way that's possible is with your generosity and your support. Please, please consider Songtime in your end-of-the-year donation. Write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. That's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com where you can make a safe and secure donation online. Follow us on social media. Let us know that you're listening, that you're encouraged, and encourage us to continue on in the work that God has called us to do. And don't forget to tune in again tomorrow. We'll continue our study looking at this connection between worship and peace as Paul Tripp explains to us this wonderful song of the angels, the announcement of Jesus' birth. You were created so that the principal motivation in your life would be that God would be praised. You were created to live in the most practical sense of what this, these words mean, a God-word existence. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Luke 2.14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. <laughs>